0: <laughs> but it is so good to see each of you on this Memorial Day weekend. Uh, before we begin in the sermon, I do want us to pause uh, and pray for the families in Texas uh, where the latest shooting took place, for these families that have lost their children and, and uh, families that have lost their wives and possibly children uh, that they had, and uh, uh, so let's just go to the Lord in prayer. with well, gracious Seventy, Father, we come to you this morning, Lord, just stopping in this moment of the service and, Lord, seeking you. Lord, it's always difficult when we hear the news of a shooting in one of our schools. And, Lord, in our world today, it's become so political. But, Lord, it's just come to you because there are people in need today, people that are hurting People that don't know what to do, people just their lives have been shattered. And Lord, I know churches in that area have been working hard to be there, and I know, Lord, that maybe even some might feel like you let them down. But Lord, we know that you are there for them and you love them. And Lord, we just pray for these families and these children that witnessed this event. And Lord, this community that has been affected, Lord, may we lift them up in prayer each day. May we just ask that your Holy Spirit would come around them and just help them take another step in life. And Lord, that just you would be with them in your son's name. Amen. Well, this morning, you know, some of you were here last week and maybe you were visiting, you know, and I always think about what I've preached on and And I knew I had some visitors in the first service last week, and I thought, well, Frank, you you, you spoke on getting old and what to do when you get old. That was last week. Um, And I know you don't remember because you're getting old. But uh, (laughs) but today, I want to follow along those same lines, but strengthening our our grip. I told you that I was reading uh, Chuck Swindoll's book Strengthening your grip. And he talked about our age last week, and I spoke on that. But we are seeing today this so vividly. Uh, But I want us to to focus today on strengthening our grip on our attitudes. Our attitudes. And so if you want to look in Philippians chapter 2, you can go ahead and turn there. I'll be there in a minute. But in Philippians chapter 2 is where we're going to go uh, for our scripture this morning. But I, I want to tell you a couple of stories first. Uh, in the 19th century, there was a famous violinist. Uh, his last name was Pagnini. And uh, he was, you know, this superb violinist uh, at that time. And many times when he played, he didn't just play the simple pieces. Uh, he played the very complex and many times had an orchestra that would back him up. And the pieces that he played on the violin uh, were very intense. They were, you know, they were very intense. It, it, it took a master to play these This piece of music, and so on one occasion he was playing, and you know he was a, you know he also, I mean he put every inch of his being into the, into playing this piece, and as he was playing, which happens occasionally, as he was playing this piece, all of a sudden one of his strings popped, and you could see it just go limp down, but he didn't let that stop him. He continued to play the violin, and a little bit further in the piece, guess what? The second one broke. But again, he just continued to play the violin and didn't miss a note. Didn't miss a, you know, just continued until the third string popped. And so now, if you're unaware, violin has four strings, and so there he was with only one string left, and still had part of the piece of music he was playing. And so he continued. He didn't miss a note. He continued and played. And when he got done, the crowd just came to their feet and were going, bravo, bravo, bravo. And, and, and he raised up his violin with three strings hanging down and only one intact. And the conductor, conductor, con, the guy that least music, the conductor, uh, said, Pagnini, the one-string violin. Well, in those cases, normally, normally after a big piece of music like that has been played, uh, there's usually an encore. And so many of the people had already assumed, well, there's no way he's going to be able to do an encore with just only one string. But he turned to the maestro and said, let's go to our next song for, and he played the encore only with one string. Now, do any of you play violin? Or have played a violin? Kathy, you played a little. Some of you will remember uh, Louise Boaz. Some of you will. Uh, they were a member of our church, her and her husband, and, and uh, she played violin. Her dad made violins. But uh, can you imagine if you were in that situation, and you were playing your heart out, and you're First string popped, then the second string popped, and then the third. Would you have just quit? Probably, I would have just said, you know, they don't make them like they used to. You know, uh, you know, something in the sense of, you know, but we would have. Given up, and our attitude would have been maybe an attitude of disgust or an attitude of just being frustrated. But what Pagnini demonstrated was an attitude of of fortitude, an, an attitude that he was going to complete and do his best no matter what. And so we find that in life sometimes things don't go like we plan. And so what about our attitude? And a lot of it depends on us. You and I, depends on us. Years ago, Dr. Viktor Frankl was uh, a Jew that was uh, uh, put. Uh, was a prisoner during the holocaust and many times they would take him out of his cell and bring him into the castaffo area and and he would be grilled and and, and be beaten and and threatened and, and and things lies about him would be told and it you know it just got to him but he stood the test of time in the sense that he heard all these things he knew they were not true but at the same time, Dr. Frankel realized, like many of us, we have the power to choose our own attitude. We have the power to change our, I mean, to, to hold or, or to do something with our attitude. And in this case, it could have been bitterness or it could be forgiveness. And I know you're thinking, well, how can you forgive people like that back then? And we, and we face the same thing today. We see the hatred we see the determination to just to paralyze people with self-pity. You know, we, we see these things, but, you know, we have a choice. We have a choice to either look at and, and allow that bitterness to come into our lives or seek forgiveness for others. Also, sometimes, why do we do some of the things we do? You know, we have, in the years past, have read stories of football players, uh, you know, they would go to the coach, and say, coach, put me back in, I'm fine, I'm fine. And later, we find out that he had a broken leg, but he didn't want the coach to know that. He wanted to go back into the game. He had a determination to finish that game. What about us? Our attitudes, are they important? Or, have you ever had, let me just put it in the simple, the simple Greek, Does your attitude stink sometimes? I think we all can experience that or have those moments, but we need to see that our attitudes, you know what, it's your choice. It's your choice and what you're going to do with it. And, you know, sometimes, have you seen people with their attitude, you know, in the sense, now, Miss Kathy could tell you, and I'm going to confess, if you want to see my attitude change, put me in the drive-through lane at McDonald's. <laughs> I just, I'm just being honest. She said, Frank. Because when I pull up and they don't say hello, I. Hello. I start saying hello. She said, Frank, they're going to come. I said, well, hello. Now, since I know Ian works in the afternoon ship, I, you know, I just say, Ian, wake up. Now, my F to you. You know, I control it. You control your attitude. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't take much. Now, years ago, now, Baptists are not always very smart, but Years ago, there were churches that would put the clock up here. You know, that's why it's back there. But uh, could you imagine the clock up there? Every tick, you would be doing what? There you went, another minute. There you go. It'd be like every tick of that clock, you would be on a slow boil. you You know, or what about the weather? How many of you, including me, Have complained about the weather this week. It's too hot. It's only May. And so we've complained about the weather, you know, Uh, or watching some baseball last night and who lost and who won. Or what about when you're at the airport or you're driving to the airport and you get a notification your flight has been canceled? Does that change your attitude? Are you in traffic and someone cuts you off? Or, on a serious note, maybe the doctor gives you the results of an biopsy. Or you go to your favorite grocery store and you buy your goods and you check out and you just shake your head of how much it cost. Or if you filled up your vehicle lately. And what used to cost $30 or $50 is now $80 and $100. Does that change your attitude? Sure does. You know, our attitude, it changes. Sometimes I could even say the, our attitude changes when the wind blows. It, it changes if it rains or if it doesn't rain. You know, we need to see how our attitude is affected. That years ago... Years ago in the Vietnam War, there was a young Marine soldier, 25 years of age. He was in the POW camp. First two years, he did great because his captives had told him that if he did everything right, they would let him go. And he believed that for two years. When he was in his fourth year, he finally realized that he had been lied to. And immediately his behavior, his attitude changed. His attitude went from one where he was doing everything he was told to now he would just lay in his bed and do nothing. And three weeks later, he was dead because he gave up hope. You know, a lot of us, sometimes our attitude changes from time to time. But I want us to look at the scripture this morning and look at Philippians chapter 2 with me and the value of our, the value of our attitude. Look at Philippians chapter 2 says, if then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any cons- 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 consola- <laughs> any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in Spirit, and intent on one purpose. Now, don't close your Bibles yet, but just hold there. Here we find that Paul is writing the church at Philippi and encouraging them to hold on and to hold on in their joy of the Lord, hold on in what Christ is doing. But look at verse 3. He goes on, he says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility. Consider others as more important than yourself. And and we know the Scripture says that, but we need to see that these words are there to help us. And when we follow that, it affects our attitude. Because now we're not focused on ourselves, we're focused on others. And that changes our attitude altogether. You know, sometimes we need to see... That if we're not careful, and this applies to me, we can be very selfish individuals. And we need to see, as we look at these verses, you, you know, Paul first says, do nothing out of selfish ambition. There in verse 3, but look at verse 4. Everyone should look out, not only for his own interests, but for what? But also for the interests of others. You see, when we strengthen our attitudes, when we follow the scriptures and do the things God calls us to do. Those of you that were here Wednesday night uh, for a prayer meeting, Miss Tara led us in worship, and she stopped in the middle of the worship, and she had us read Psalms 35, 7, 37, And that, you know, Wednesday we were still very fresh with the shooting that had taken place. Let me tell you, that when we read those verses, you know, because at that point, hearing the news of the shooting and all of that, sometimes if you're like I am, I just don't have words to say. But let me tell you, when we read that scripture, it brought peace, it brought words, it brought God's words, and we need to see that many times our attitude. You know, if we read the Word of God, let me tell you something. Reading the Word of God can change your attitude, and I think for the better. When we read God's Word. Now, if someone hadn't told you this, let me me tell you that life is not a bed of roses, okay? Life is not a bed of roses, you know? And, and, And so, what do we do? We need to see that our attitude, that positive encouragement, and, and God's word will give us that, and he gives us that for a reason. Now, how many of you know the phrase and know what it means, Murphy's Law? Do you know what that means? What will go wrong, what? Will go wrong. Okay, Murphy's law, okay? Now, do you believe that? There's days we believe that, don't we? We allow that to take hold. And so, let's think about Murphy as an optimist. A day without a crisis is a total loss. You know, think of him. <laughs> Whatever hits the fan will not be evenly distributed. You know, I think of these things. I said, why do I even want to get involved in this? Or here's one. Beauty is only skin deep, but ugly goes clear to the bone. Now, don't say that, okay. but, uh, But our attitude, we think of these things sometimes. But our attitude of genuine joy. I know that many of us, including myself at times, after you're listening to the evening news, after you listen to the events, listen to the politics that are going on this time of year, let me tell you, it can rob you of all your joy. But we need to see as Christians that it is important that our attitude is in line with God. And to do that, we need to look at God's word. Now, I want you to look at another verse. Look at Philippians 3.1. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 1, Paul also said to the church, he said, In in addition, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. To write to you again about about this is no trouble for me and is a safeguard for you. He he said, I want you to understand The joy of the Lord. I want you to see the joy and the crown as we stand firm in what the Lord has for us. Now, look at chapter 4 of Philippians. Look at the first verse. It says, So then, my dearly loved, and long for brothers and sisters, my joy and crown in this matter stands firm in the Lord, dear friends. And then go down to verse 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. You know, our attitude of accepting the joy of the Lord and realizing that circumstances in life, let me tell you, we're not playing a Monopoly game where you can get the card and get out of jail. We're, in real life, circumstances are going to occur. And sometimes those circumstances will, do, to the point of where we feel like we're, we're just being crushed. But I want us to see that, that even as we sang this morning, our hope is in What? Our hope is in Jesus Christ. If our hope is in anything else, let me tell you, it's going to let you down. Our hope is in Jesus Christ, and we need to see that. But you know, a lot of times, circumstances, and, and, and we live in a, in a life of circumstances, You know, and when we are in that moment, we're either, we're either going to go into self-pity or blame. Now, in our world today, we're in a blame game. It's always someone else's fault because we're not going to deal with it. And we need to see what that does. You see, blame never affirms. It only assaults. What good is that? Blame never restores. It wounds. In other words, it hurts. Blame never solves. It's complicated. Blame never unites. It separates Blame never smiles, it frowns. Blame never forgives, it rejects. Blame never forgets, it remembers. Blame never builds, it destroys. I want us to see that if we can, if we can own, and, and you know, sometimes I, we don't like this, but let me just say it. If, if you can own the mess You're in. And don't go into the blame game. There's hope for you, and it is available through Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes we just got to say, hey, I've made a mess of this. But look to the Lord. He is the one that, you know, he is very good in cleaning up messes. And I want us to see how the blame, does it do anything? No. You know, if you get into the blame game and live that way, let me tell you something. You will be a victim of your circumstances for the rest of your life. You don't want to think that, but if we are in that blame game, we're going to be a victim for our circumstances for the rest of our life. Or if we're not careful, we get into self-pity. You know, and now, now... I know there's there's sometimes people get down, and and I'm not just saying, you know, just to smack them, which sometimes you feel like it, but, you know, we shouldn't. But at the same time, think of self-pity. You know why Satan loves self-pity? Satan loves to inflict that upon us because he is robbing us of the joy that we can have in Jesus Christ. We need to see how he is there for us. I want you to look chapter 4 again of Philippians, and I think it's verse 20. Nope, not that. Let me see. Oh, remember remember the story of the Philippian jailer, Paul and Silas in jail, Acts chapter 16? And, And in that story, we find, you know, they were singing, they were bound. The, the guard, you know, all he was concerned, man, I can't lose these guys, because if I lose these guys, it's my life. And we know a great earthquake came, and the, the, the cell was open, and, and you know, the, the guard was a, automatically getting ready to kill himself because he, there was no hope, because he knew if his prisoners got out, his life was over, and Paul and Silas screamed in, we're still here, no one has escaped. His attitude was, man, I'm done for. But you know, in life, as you can tell, I like food, and I eat too much. But even with our attitudes, we need food, spiritual food, for our attitude. Look at Philippians 4, 8 again. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, If there is any moral excellence and if there is any praiseworthy, dwell on these things. You know, in other words, food, spiritual food, focusing on those things listed in the eighth verse there, you know, let our minds focus on those things. Because if we don't and we just try to live off of ourselves, we will not have the right things. This food that we need is from God's word, and we need to feed upon that. You see, God has made us quite well. You see, because you are capable. You are intelligent. You are qualified. But probably you're allowing your attitude to take a toll on you. Now, don't testify to this, or I don't want anybody to testify. Do you know people that are negative 24 hours a day? Like I said, don't, don't mention no names. All right? Most of us have encountered people like that. They're just negative. That's their life. They have chosen an attitude of just being negative all the time. Now, let's face it. Do you want to be around a person like that? You don't. You don't. And when the phone rings and you see it, you go, oh. let's be honest. Because that doesn't attract people. You see, we need to, to realize that we have a responsibility as a child of God to take charge of our minds and emotions each day. We need to take charge. That, Look, I don't need to go down that rabbit trail because I'm going to get lost and I'm going to be mad and I'm going to be upset and I don't need to do that. We need to feast on the wonderful riches of God's Word. We need to refuse that, nope, not today, devil. I'm not going to grumble or criticize. And the devil said, oh, I bet you I can't get you to do it. But, you know, we need to say, no, in the name of the Lord, that's not going to happen. You see, he loves it when we become petty and bitter and He wants us to drag down as many people as possible. But you know, isn't it amazing? In our world today, if you want to read the Bible, if you have a cell phone, you can read the Bible, right? You can pull it up on an app. You can pull it up in different languages, different translations. I mean, if you've got a phone, you can get the Bible. Today, we have music on radio and other uh, things that I don't even know exist Uh, You know, again, if you have a phone, you can get Christian music. Guys, we need to feed on the Word of God. Amen? Now, there's an old song that some of you will recognize. It goes, When peace like a river attended my way, When sorrows like sea billows roll, Whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trial should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. Now, like I said, some of you know that song. And I've heard people say, you know, this man, he hasn't experienced any loss. Why is he saying these things? Well, then they don't know. This man, because this man who wrote this song lost his family at sea. And he was saying, and the name of it is, It is well with my soul. Right, Scotty? How great thou art? Is that your favorite? Okay. That's another good one. That's another good one. But you know, many of us, I know my wife and I, when we hear this song, these words are reminders, it's fuel to our hearts, it's, it, it gives us the energy, the attitude, it, it changes maybe some of the negative thoughts we have and bring them back around, that God is there. In our world today, every day, it's challenging our attitude. But let's see as we read in Philippians that God is saying, I am here. Don't worry. I'm here. Put your hope in me. And I hope this morning that if you've never put your hope in Jesus Christ, that today you would. Let's pray together. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day and I thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray that we would see the importance, Lord, the importance that we would always check our attitude. And yes, at times we need to change it and correct it. And Lord, may we look to you to fill it the way it should. Lord, guide us, Lord, so that we can strengthen our grip on our attitude. Lord, we thank you in your son's name. Amen.